going to start out this morning bragging. And I know you're not supposed to brag. I'm pretty clear about that. But I'm not bragging on myself. I'm going to brag on my wife. And then she's, oh my gosh, what's she going to do now? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, my wife is a good cook. I mean, she's a, she's a really good cook. And, and when we were younger, uh, before we had kids, one of the things that we loved to do uh, was we liked to have uh, fancy dinner parties. And so we'd invite friends over and we'd have a, you know, our dinner party together. And, and so there was this one night we thought, golly, we're going to have a wonderful dinner party. And to top it all off, we are going to have black forest cake. And we thought, that's a fancy dessert. That, w- that would be good. And, and so we went ahead and we, uh, you know, got all the ingredients ready and we mixed it all up and we stuck it all in the oven, you know, the pans in the oven for 35 minutes. And, and uh, when we, you know, opened the oven door, we expected to see those nice layers of chocolate cake, you know, and we're going to put it together, have that beautiful black forest cake. And we opened up the door and what we saw were two chocolate pancakes. You know, I mean, they were flatter than flat. And we thought, you know, I mean, you want to get your adrenaline up, start having company over in about a half an hour, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. But, you know, you want to have company, you set it all up, this is a dessert, and all of a sudden what you got is pancakes. And, and we thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what happened? I mean, we had, the, we had the flour, we had the sugar, we had the cocoa, went down through the list. And there was this little ingredient that... I mean, it was only a tablespoon and a half. Uh, I think it was a teaspoon and a half. Yeah, it wasn't much. I mean, you know, you wouldn't think it would make that much difference. I mean, not really. Uh, but those of you who are bakers are all shaking your head. Yeah, you know what we forgot. We forgot the baking powder. Unpowder. It's the baking powder. That's the active ingredient. That's what makes it all rise, you know? I mean, you forget that. And when you forget the, the baking powder, Everything just stays flat as a pancake. Uh, and for us, what that meant that night was we just tore those things up, put in a lot of whipped cream, and served them as a parfait. But, you know, uh, you got to be resourceful when it, when it happens like that. But you know, that's not what we intended. Now, I don't know a whole lot about cooking. That's, I'm, my job and the whole process is to wash dishes. That's, that's what I am. But, but I do know something about the church, because I've been around the church for a while. And what I know about the church, about being the church, about you know, carrying forward the ministry and the mission of the church, it, it takes the active ingredient. It really does. And without the active ingredient, everything is pretty flat. And the scripture this morning you know, tells this story like this. It says that there was, it was a, the feast day, it was the day of Pentecost, and, and they'd all gathered together in one place. You know, all the followers of Jesus had, had gotten together, and it, and it seemed like they had everything they would need to, to be the church. I mean, they had the followers, and they had the leaders. You know, there were some leaders in that, in that group. And they, they had the knowledge of Jesus. I mean, they'd spent years with Jesus, so they knew all of, about Jesus. And they had the room, you know. They were together in the room. And, and they had the mission field that was out before them. And it seemed like they had everything. And yet Jesus had told them to wait. To wait. They, they didn't have everything they needed to be the church. They didn't have the active ingredient. And so what happened on that Pentecost?
Sunday, that Pentecost day, was that they received the Holy Spirit. And as they received the Holy Spirit, we begin in this scripture this morning, we begin to see what the Spirit gave rise to in, in their lives as believers and as the body of Christ. And what it gave rise to in terms of not simply the life of the church, but how the church went forward in the work of the church and in, in the mission of the church. And as we read through the scripture this morning, I do love that 12th verse. Because I believe that as the spirit works, it does give rise to holy curiosity. And it does give rise to a holy question. What does this mean. And so if you're sitting here this morning and you say, you know, I've, you know, I hear about Pentecost, I hear about the pouring of the Spirit, you know, I, I hear about that, but like, what does this mean? I want to let you know that's the Spirit already working in you. I think that's a great thing. It's a question the Scripture asks and invites us to ask and to consider together. What does the Spirit mean to you? To me, as we live together in the life of Christ. I'll tell you, friends, what does the Spirit mean when you think about the beginning of the church, about the birth of the church? The scripture this morning is clear that the church is born, the church finds its life. In the outpouring of the Spirit, Jesus said, what is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. And that we can gather together. We know that, that as the church, we know that the church is more than simply a group of well-intentioned, like-minded folks who have a beautiful building and who have a budget and who have great leadership, and we have great leadership. And who have a mission field before us. And who have a knowledge and, of Jesus within us. We know that to be the church takes more than that. When you read this scripture, it becomes really clear that we are radically dependent upon God to be the church. Radically dependent to the point that it needs to always be our prayer. That as the church, we would be plugged into the presence of God in our life together. That we would always be praying to be synced into the, to the moving of the Spirit in our life together. Because we need it. To be the body of Christ, we need the Spirit of Christ. It brings us alive. What does the Spirit mean in terms of the passion in the church? The scripture this morning is clear. That for the church to have the energy, and for the church to have the eagerness for the mission, and for the church to have that desire for God, that, that God is the one who kindles that in our hearts. You know, the word enthusiasm comes from two Greek words, and those words are in and theos. In meaning in, and theos, meaning God, in God. And so to say that there's an enthusiasm is to say that we are in God. And I, view, I love the picture that's given in the scripture this morning about 
about how, what that means, how that happens, it says that, that in each of us, it says that there was a flame, a fire, that descended upon each and every one. Not simply the leaders, not simply the choir, not simply the, you know, they, not, it depend on each and every one is what it says in the scripture, that what God would be doing is pouring out his spirit so that on each and every one of us, in each and every one of us, God would be kindling a desire for the things of God, for God, God's self, for the working of God in our lives, that, that God would be moving and creating and lighting that desire, that fire within us. And you may be here this morning, and sometimes I feel this way. I say, man, you know, my faith just kind of feels a little bit dry, and sometimes faith does feel a little bit dry, and it feels like it's lacking a fire. And, and I would share with you, if you find yourself in that place, that's not a bad place to be. Because what that means is that you're ready. What that means is that you're ready. That you are tender. That you're kindling. That I'm kindling. That I'm ready for that spark of the spirit that would light within me and light within you. A flame for what God would have for your life and for our, my life and for our life together. The scripture is clear what it means to have the Spirit in terms of passion. What does it mean when you talk about the Spirit in terms of a calling into connection, a calling outside beyond, beyond the, the walls of our church, a calling to build bridges with our community and, and with our world? What difference does the Spirit make? What does that mean? I, you know, again, in the scripture this morning, it is beautiful. They didn't have to go out to the mission field when you read the scripture this morning, the mission field was right at their doorsteps. There was the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia. And everybody in the world was right there. You know, it was all right there at their doorstep. And everybody there had said they were devout. They had already had a heart for God. All they needed to do was hear about Jesus. And, but the, the comment that is made is they have these folks of every nation. And then those who were the followers say, you know, or said about them, are they not just Galileans? I want you to kind of hear, I think, what's, what's caught up in that. You know, there's the connection where they're called into the world, and they're kind of saying, but, but aren't we just Galileans? I mean, aren't Galileans, that word kind of means they're fisher folk from the north, you know? Aren't we just, you know, country folk, fisher folk from the north? That would be like us saying, you know, we are called to create bridges in our community, called to go out worldwide, but aren't we just suburbanites from the north, north of Dallas? You know, isn't that all we are? You know, yes, and in and of ourselves, that is all we are. But they were more than just Galileans, weren't they? And we are just more than just suburbanites from the north, aren't we? See, it's the spirit. It's the active ingredient that makes a difference that calls us, you know, to know that, that Christ is the one who would make connection with all the world. And it's, it's in connection, making connection with people who are like us through affinity, natural affinity. And, and that's great, but it's calling to make connection out beyond natural affinity in ways that we become into connection with people who don't look like us and who don't think like us and who don't act like us, whether it be within our local community or out across our world. I tell you, I'm so glad that our kids are doing this with Heifer Project because what Heifer does, Heifer does reach out across the world 
And it, it's, it's about feeding world hunger, but it's about our children understanding that the kingdom of God, you see it in the connections that are created cross-culturally, cross-globally. I mean, that's where you begin to see kingdom in beautiful, beautiful ways. And our children are experiencing that, and our children are witnessing that to us. And the scripture calls us into that. It calls us to realize that however we label ourselves, that we're called out beyond ourselves, called out beyond our comfort zone, to those connections that God would have for his church, for us as his church, to make for Jesus Christ. And in those connections, what does it mean to have quality communication? Because when you read, again, when you read the scripture, what you read is that each and every one heard in their own native language, in a way that they can hear, in a way that they can understand about the mighty works of God. You know, communication isn't simply about somebody talking to somebody else. Communication is about people speaking with each other, about coming together in a way that there can be a dialogue about what's important in our lives and, and about what's important in terms of how God would be at work in our lives. And what's being said here is that as the Spirit would call us forward, it calls us to understand that part of what we do as a church is to create quality dialogue within a community where people begin to understand the importance of the kingdom of God in their lives and, and what that would mean in terms of we begin to see that, that God is working in mighty ways in Jesus Christ to build bridges, to build the kingdom. What does the Spirit mean in terms of quality, communication, you know, you step back and you look at that verse and say, what does the Spirit mean? I mean, what does this mean in terms of our birth and our life together? In terms of the passion that we have for God? In terms of the calling that God gives to connect out beyond ourselves? In terms of how we would communicate with others in a quality way? In a way that they can understand, in a way that they can appropriate what it means to be the kingdom of God. I think what the scripture is saying to us is that God is busy creating all those opportunities in us. When God pours out God's spirit, God's creating all those opportunities in us. And then in that spirit, inviting us to step into all of that. All that God would be doing. So that we would be the church Jesus Christ. You see, if it's simply about God's doing all of that and we're, you know, we're interested in that, you know, and that's a great thing, but I, but I don't step into it. Man, we're just kind of leaving it all on the table. It's still flat. What happens is God's saying, hey, I'm working in this way. And what I'm inviting you to do is to step into all of this, to be inspired to step into all of this so that we may begin to experience what it means to be the church. I love the title of the book that we read today. It's the book, we know it as the book of Acts. But you know what the full title is? The Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the people whose lives are inspired by the Holy Spirit and how they step forward and how they come alive the life of God and how they share that life with the world around us.
that so needs that life in Jesus Christ. Now our last hymn, or that Bert's going to sing when we come, when we first, it's not our last hymn, it's going to be the first hymn of our sacrament as we join together. I want you, as you're getting ready for, to come for communion, I want you to, to listen to what Bert's going to sing. It goes like this, breathe on me breath of God. Fill me with life anew. I may love what thou dost love, and do what thou wouldst do. Dear friends, what does this mean? It means everything. It means everything. In doing the work of God together. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.